Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. To Booze Your Own Adventure, a podcast where three grown men try and beat a children's book. I'm I- I'm Ian. I'm Chris. And I am Mark. Today we're reading The Underground Kingdom. Choose your own adventure book number 18 oh. by the the OGest of OGs, Mr. Edward Packard. The incomparable. Mm. Alright, so that's the cover though, with like some Morlocks and some like black sun shit, and you're flying on a golden bird. Yeah. No, that looks amazing. Yeah. Can't wait. They're very okay. good birds. Warning, of course, do not read the book straight through. I think we're all familiar with how CYOA books work by now. Special yeah. warning. Oh, shit. The Underground Kingdom is not easy to reach. Many readers never get there. Others never return. Guys, this one might actually be calibrated for adults. Okay. Before starting on your journey, you may want to read Professor Bruckner's theory, which is set forth on the pages to follow. Professor Bruckner is a rather boring writer, and I wouldn't suggest that you bother to read his theory, except that if you ever get to the Underground Kingdom, it might save your life. Good luck. I love that they start the book with an apology for how boring the start of the book is. First unofficial choice, are you a dweeb who reads science words, or do you just fucking do adventures? Yeah, dude, jump into the adventures. Also, once if we make it to the Underground Kingdom... We'll just flip back to the front of the fucking book. No. Like, that's the... No. No, we, no. Don't, we're not, we don't do flip backs. That's right. Well, sometimes... Wait, is that an official... That can't be an official policy. Here's what I would actually do, I think, uh, in real life, right? So if this was me and I was presented this and it was told, you know, mm-hmm, this will save mm-hmm, your life, mm-hmm, but it's pretty mm-hmm, boring. Mm-hmm, I would skim mm-hmm. it, right? So... I would tear it out and take it with me to the Underground Kingdom. <laughs> we, can't, we can't do that. With no flip backs, but let's just tear these fucking pages out. All right, that's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, skim it. Skim it. It's, skim it. It's a good idea. All right, so uh, I'm going to give it the audio uh, scrub skim. So here we go. <clears throat> Professor Bruckner's theory: the discovery of the bottomless crevasse in Greenland by Dr. Nivell Valley supports the theory that the Earth is not solid; it's been thought, but it's hollow. The bottomless crevasse is probably a sole root from the Earth's surface to the underground kingdom. The only possible link that would be underground river flowing in alternating directions in response to the tides, but this seems unlikely. How you may ask? If the Earth hollowed out. My study suggested a billion years ago, a tiny black hole collided with our planet and lodged in the center, pulling a whole molten core into an incredibly massive sphere only 100 meters across. If you were to stand on the inner surface of the Earth, like what? a while the inner shell of an enormous pumpkin, you would see the black hole directly overhead, like wax on the gravity. The Earth's thick shell would hold you under the inner shell of the Earth, so you would not much like the If there was a very tall mountain in the underground what? kingdom and you were to climb the top of it, you may be pulled up into the black sun because gravity gets stronger as you approach the massive object. In all respects, the black sun will be not dangerous to any creatures in the underground kingdom. On the contrary, the black sun will be necessary in life in the other world, but the opposite way in that sun necessary to the earth's surface. Our sun gets the heat and absorbs the freezing. The black sun absorbs heat, but there is an underground kingdom. It's the black sun that keeps the happening to life and being baked to death on the heated earth. All right, so we're good with that? Basically, yeah, don't go up on any mountains, and also, you might freeze to death if you get too close to the black sun. Yeah, something is hollow, something absorbs heat, it's important. We got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh, and then there's an illustration, so easy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We got a nice little uh, topographical map here. Nope, not topographical. Cross-section. Yeah, it's a cross-section of the planet. Uh, at the center is the black sun. It's got 1,800 miles of uh, crust and mantle of the Earth, uh, a variety of cities, oceans, Mount McKinley, mm. and then with a big arrow pointing to it, a hole in Greenland that goes all the way to the center of the Earth. 
I'm going to be real honest. I'm glad I'm glad they included this map because I did not get from my speed read that we were on Earth or certainly not inside it. So that's good to know. Oh, yeah. So here's here, here's what I gathered from Mark's speed read was that uh, a billion years ago, a tiny black hole collided with the Earth uh, and sucked in everything on the inside of the Earth into the black hole, at, but hollowed it out, creating a black sun, uh, which is necessary to life on the inside of the hollow Earth. All right, we got to jump into this thing now before we figure it all out without reading. Okay, before your brain goes too far. Hold up. I'm trying to slow it down at every opportunity. <laughs> all right, here we go. You are standing on the Toan Glacier in northern Greenland, staring down at the black void of the crevasse. You shiver as you wonder whether you were lucky or unlucky, unlucky, to be invited on this expedition. Lucky. Standing next to you are Gunnar Larson of the National Research Institute and Dr. James Sneed, a geologist. Sneed looks up, a broad smile on his face. This is it, my friends. The bottomless crevasse. Capital B, capital C, the bottomless crevasse. Okay. Any radar return? Larson asks. Sneed shakes his head. None. It was just a year ago that your old friend, Dr. Nera Vivaldi, radioed from this spot that she had reached the bottomless crevasse. A few moments later, her radio went dead. She was never seen again. Cool. Welcome to Disappearanceville, population three. Now you stand at the edge, lost in thought. How could the crevasse have no bottom? Could it really lead to an underground kingdom? What happened to Dr. Vivaldi? But your thoughts are shattered. You didn't seem to slip, yet suddenly you are falling into the crevasse. Uh, you dumb idiot. A ledge is coming up fast beneath you. You could land on it, but you're falling so fast you're sure to be badly injured. If you try to land on the ledge, turn to page five. If not, go to the next page. I want to go for a speed record here, or a, sorry, a booze your own adventure record here. Quickest death? Uh, I say let's try and land on that ledge. I like the I like the absurdity of trying to do fucking anything. You're falling through the air. Like, you're just going to continue to fall through the air. I like... Th- I- I like that uh, the book is called The Underground Kingdom, and your first choice is try to avoid going to the Underground Kingdom. Yeah, dude. I'll get to the Underground Kingdom when they drag me there. So I think we're going to do page five with the expectation that we will turn back here, Yeah, right? put a finger in it. We're gonna, we definitely fucked up. Your whole body is racked with pain as you crash onto the ledge. You're shaken and bruised, but still alive. A snowbank. God damn it. A snowbank cushioned your fall. <laughs> Fucking snowbank. Help! You cry. Hold on, Larson yells. It's going to be tricky, but we're rigging our ropes. We'll get you up. You feel a f- Can we trade voices with Larson? He's very cool. Uh, no. Yeah, no. we want Larson's voice. I think Larson ah, is clearly supposed to be the cool one, and we are the idiots who fell. We could not successfully stand in one place. We're already falling and bringing down the team. <laughs> Good point. We'll get you up. You feel a flash of joy. Then you remember something that chills you to the bone. God, the emotional roller coaster. You were very careful not to fall in. You're quite sure you didn't slip. You were pulled, as if by an unknown force within the bottomless crevasse. Should you warn your friends about the strange force? If you do, they might be afraid to get close enough to rescue you. If you warn Larson and Sneed, Mm. page 13. If you just yell, please hurry, turn to page 9. Boy, those are some choices. (laughs) We're going to warn Larson and Sneed about how scary this, this is. Get back from the edge, you yell. I didn't fall, I was pulled in. The first time we got a really good sentence from ourselves yeah we're, we're so talkative now thanks for warning us there may be some force here we don't understand but don't worry we're wreaking a brace so we can pull you up without getting too close damn it we just can't kill these guys uh a few minutes later you see a nylon climbing you see a nylon climbing rope you see a nylon climbing rope um you see a nylon <laughs> it's sexy but weird what yeah. they call like uh pantyhose nylons yeah exactly this is just a very athletic pantyhose 
you see a nylon climbing rope dangling in front of you. You pull in enough to tie around your waist and under your arms. Great. Now I'm picturing him tying himself in pantyhose. Uh, taking a firm <laughs> grip, you call up to the top. I'm ready. Pull away. Foot by foot, your friends pull you up over the edge. You scramble across the ice into their arms. Thank goodness. Your nylons rubbing against their taut muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Sweat beating on their brows. Yeah. Any uh, slash fiction, go ahead and put to the tumbler. Uh, Larson and Sneed. Larson slash Sneed. Yeah. Thank goodness we got you, says Larson. The bottomless crevasse, capital B, capital C, is a killer. I think we'd better quit now. <laughs> I agree. I've had enough, Sneed says. After what you've been through, you're not about to argue with him. The three of you back up and you begin the long trek back across the glacier. <laughs> you're happy to be alive, but you know that you'll always regret that you never reached the underground kingdom. The end. I love we just gave up. so easily. Like, oh, we fell. Better pack it in. So much so much for our dear friend that we lost. Yeah, I, I guess she must have just died from falling. Well, let's head, pack it up, guys. <laughs> uh, so Damn. we did not reach a record for death. Mm-mm. But I think this might be the quickest ending we've hit. What did we read? Three discrete pages? Did we read three pages? We, we made two decisions. Yeah. It's a lot of decisions to have made. I think per capita, this might be the most decisions we made uh, it, within three pages. of. Yeah, we fucked up, you guys. I just wanted mm. to see if it would kill us in like legit two pages. And it did. Mm. Uh, not that, you know, we died, but like really... You know, when you go back to your ordinary life after this, having looked, stood at the precipice of adventure and turned your back on it, is that really... It's a fate worse life? than death. All right, so are we going all the way back to try not to land on the ledge or just the different warning? Yeah, this time let's just swan dive all the way down. Okay, all right, so here we are. Your consciousness slips away as you fall faster, down, down, down. The next thing you know, you're floating in air. In the soft reddish light, you can see that you are in a cavern, drifting toward the ceiling. Or is it the floor? In a flash, you realize what has happened. You've fallen to a point where gravity above you is almost equal to gravity beneath you. We should have read, we should have read that thing and brought that thing. It's full of so much knowledge. <laughs> uh, we probably left it with Sneed, so we're we fucked. We definitely read it, left it with Sneed. He wanted to read it, but he hadn't read it yet. <sighs> Sneed, you fuck. Do you your dick. fucking homework, Sneed. I hate you, Sneed. Bring multiple copies, Sneed. I hope you can hear this, Sneed. I hate you. I hate you, Sneed. If this message ever reaches home, tell Sneed that he's a cocksucker. Yeah, fuck Sneed. You begin to lose your fear as you realize that gravity here is so weak that you can fall mile after mile without being hurt. After a while, you begin to relax and enjoy drifting through a fantastic twilight world. You brush against a firm surface. This time, it's the floor of the cavern. In fact, you have touched down on the mossy bank of an underground stream. You drink from the cool, clear water, then step out of the cavern into this strange world. The only illumination is a dim red-orange glow. The air is so clear that you can see shadowy, curving hills and valleys stretching out in all directions, even above you. Why do you feel so good? It must be because you are so light. (laughs) You can hardly weigh more than 10 or 15 pounds. You spring to your feet. Every moment is easy. You jump 20 or 30 feet high and float gently to the ground. Like like the world's weirdest gazelle. (laughs) I actually had a dream like this one time where I could just kind of like jump and soar for miles. And it was so nice. Uh, I once effectively uh, lucid dreamt and forced myself to fly in my own dream. It was a great time. I highly recommend it. Uh, actually, I'll jump in with a similar story. I exactly once in my life uh, lucidly realized I was dreaming. Uh, and in the dream scene, I was just like talking to a friend of mine outside of a cl- class in college. And so I just kind of grabbed her by the hips and threw her uh, up into the sky where she sailed for miles and miles and miles. I was like, okay, yep, that's a dream. <laughs> Careful, Mark. You'll never get confirmed for the Supreme Court now. 
Too soon? Are we? No, everybody just take like a half second before we start actually recording again because I have to erase Chris's Brett <laughs> Kavanaugh joke. <laughs> God damn it. This, this won't make any sense in six weeks when we're living in the Mad Max future where gasoline is money. All right, I'm going to pick up the story. Is yeah, that right? I had a joke about going on a date with Miriam Margulies in a lucid dream, but I, I don't think that's going to be any better than what's happening in this book. <laughs> It might be an easier transition, so like we could go from like you know my story, cut 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 your story, and it feels natural. Yeah. Mark, take us back into the world of mystery and intrigue. Then you realize that you are not alone. Only a few yards away is an odd creature, as big as you are. It seems to be some kind of bird, yet much more than a bird. Under a crown of soft golden feathers are enormous blue green eyes, so vivid and intense that they seem to be not only a means of vision, but also a means of power. There's something terrifying about that face, but also something angelic, something that draws you to it. In fact, you feel as if you are being hypnotized by those eyes. Eyes of an angel bird! (laughs) Man, whoever wrote these books has a weird relationship with animals. In Fairy Kidnap, we had that horse we wanted to fuck. Uh, In Jonah and the Whale, those whales were like talking to us like people or whatever. Come on! I like, okay, so it's 1981. Power metal is new. You're looking for a cool <laughs> song title. Eyes of an Angel Bird. Oh, that's yeah. A dr- that's a dream theater song. Like, that's got to be a dream theater song. Hypnotized by those eyes, I feel like, is another track name. It's a lot like that Foreigner song uh, about <laughs> double vision. I like the idea of, like, um, there's, a, there's like a metal band that writes a song called Eyes of an Angel Bird, and their manager's like, if you just take the bird part out, this could be a smash hit. <laughs> Please take out the bird. They just won't do it. And, and, and they are insistent. They're like, no, my LSD trip had an angel bird. The people the will know. The eyes of an angel bird. No, that's not going to work, you guys. That's We got to come up with different words. It's a great melody, but different words. In the arms of an angel bird. <laughs> angel bird. <laughs> I pictured a very sad dog. <laughs> Mark, you have to keep reading. I, I love this. Stop. All right, so we have, a decision. we have a decision to make. Uh, if you run from the strange creature, turn to page 15. If you hold your ground and face it, turn to page 10. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a metal video, right? We hold our ground and face it and then ride to a princess with no top on. Yeah, so yeah we, this is definitely the, heavy metal. This is just heavy metal. The yes. cover kind of spoiled it, too, because were we riding a bird on the, the What cover? was the description? Uh, an angelic bird with weird eyes? Like, yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay, uh, however, I will say we are being hypnotized by those eyes, which usually is a bad thing. But to be clear, I'm 100% on team. Hold your ground and face it. Yeah, I would consent to this, I guess. All right, so we're holding our ground? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, page 10. I would like to make, I'm making myself bigger than the bird. I'm trying to spook it. Uh, yeah, this bird looks way less interesting yeah, I'm in to, the yeah, page that's, than That's just a shitty head. owl. Yeah, that's like an owl that someone dumped a bunch of oil on. Yeah, it's an angry oil owl. You gotta get in a, in a Dawn commercial. This is a, well, so all the oil seeps into the Earth's surface, right? And it ends up down here in, uh, you know, oh, yeah. Core World. I want... I want somebody to name me an 80s choose your own adventure book that's not actually a diatribe against big pharma and like big chemical. You know what I mean? They all seem to be real hippie books. I mean, that's all I'm saying. May- maybe one day we'll discover, maybe there's like a, a counter choose co, right? That like big pharma started up to, to recapture some of the youth. Well, energy. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Brett Kavanaugh actually authored four choose your own adventure <laughs> <Right>? books. <laughs> Could we not say that the 2016 was election was America choosing its own like horrible adventure? 
They did. Point. They did what we did on the first page. It's like, let's just see what happens if we give up and die. How many, how many pages <laughs> will it take for us to die under a Trump presidency? You stand there and watch as the strange creature walks slowly toward you. Then you see the large blue-white pieces of broken shell. This angel bird is only a fledgling, just hatched. You walk up and stroke the creature gently. It cocks its yes. head to the side and touches you with one of its wings. At that moment, it seems almost We're having human. an avatar bond with this creature. We're having an avatar bond with this creature. You, you pull back and take your ponytail and stick it into the, the bird's rectum. Yes. You feel its internal organs yes. as though they're your own. They're right. mine now. Uh, but actually, you suddenly hear a loud whirring sound. Hovering above you is another angel bird, a much larger one. It must be the mother of the fledgling. She swoops toward you. If you run, turn to page eight. If you grab the fledgling and try to use it to <laughs> shield yourself, turn to yeah. page 14. <laughs> if you dive to the ground and shield your face with your arms, turn to page 11. I really want to choose the die th- option uh, again. Chris, I'm 100% page 14. Right. Uh, did we come to this world to be a part of it or did we come to this world to bend it to our will? <laughs> I just love, I'm imagining like it swoops down to get you. You like thrust the bird up and then it just like fatally smashes into its own young, right? And then it's got to live with that. Yeah, like the beak just goes right through that little baby bird's chest and it's like, no! And then we're just like, yeah, we did that shit. We got to start writing When these. I was a little kid, I was told that if you ever came across a baby bird that had fallen out of the nest, that you should not touch it because the mother will not take it back. I think at this point, we have touched this baby bird. It is our baby bird. Yeah. Shield. So the mother doesn't want it anymore. We should definitely use it as a shield. All right, so page 14, uh, and again, with the expectation that we'll be going back. (laughs) You lunge for the baby bird, hoping that you can use it as a shield. Even as you move, you feel a rush of wind as the mother dives to protect her baby. You realize that you've just made the stupidest decision of your life. I'm real fucking judgy. Strangely, the mother bird did not harm you. Instead, you feel that you have been put into a trance. Stranger still, you sense that something has set time back. That you are being given another chance. Turn to page 10. Oh, that's so great. It built it in for us. <laughs> Mother Bird's wow. like, you want to fucking try that again, yeah, buddy? Yeah. You sure that's what you want to do? All right, so we can run or we can uh, dive to the ground. Uh, Mark, I think you're ignoring a choice on page 10 that we can take. <laughs> I really want to grab this bird. When you touch it, it becomes your own bird. Turn to page 14. No, no, no. Yeah, Mark, we have, there's a choice we can make that is immortality. Like, yeah. we will never die. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you lunge for the baby bird, hoping that you can uh-huh. use it as a shield. Even as and you move. you can. Even as you move, you feel a rush of wind as the mother dives to protect her baby. <laughs> and it works. And she crashes into the bird, and you win underground land. Yeah! Hooray! Well, that's so weird that it had different stuff on it that time. Yeah. We did it, Chris. The same page, but different text. We're the best. Um... Okay, so are we running or are we diving to the ground and shielding our face with our arms? Uh, I want to dive. I'm also feeling dive. I don't want to turn my back on this magical bird. No, dive, dive sounds like the way to show it that we respect it. You know? Yeah. We respect his strength. That's fair. All right. You dive to the ground and shield your face with your arms, hoping the angel bird will leave you unharmed. Oh, that rhymes. Nothing happens. The angel bird must have taken her young one away. Makes must have taken her young. I read it away. exactly the way you read it, Mark. And I was like, what the fuck does this sentence mean? <laughs> All right. This angel bird is now one hex away from you. You can uh, take a five foot step back. All right. Uh, uh, I equip my crossbow? Yeah. I equip my crossbow. I would like to attempt to use my diplomacy skill right. on the bird. Uh, my deception is actually higher. Can I lie to the bird? 
No, goddamn it. We are not doing social skills in this campaign because it is stupid. Uh, I don't know. Like, the bird clearly speaks its own language. Uh, I am fluent in all languages. My wisdom is uh, 20, so... Does the bird would... speak elvish? Uh, avian. Right here, it says on my character sheet, I speak Can avian. I lie to this bird? <laughs> all right. Nothing happens. The angel bird must have taken her young one away. What's more... <laughs> Uh, you begin to have the feeling that you are completely safe. Standing nearby are three more of the large creatures. One of them effortlessly leaves the ground, glides through the air, and lands beside you. You have a strong urge to climb on its back. Yeah, I do. Okay, but like, here's what we got. You begin to have the feeling that you are completely safe. What does that really mean? You're yeah. fucking high? Like, Where, where did I get this on, feeling dude. exactly? Yeah. No, it means that you've finally become the 1980s animated metal music video avatar that you were always meant to be you're telling me that if you just like wandered out into the center of the earth and started living heavy metal you wouldn't just be like fuck yeah i don't care if i'm that taxi driver that gets like vaporized i'm all in is that how his storyline ends i thought so i never finished heavy metal yeah i feel like we just earned all these birds respect um Mm-hmm. By diving to the ground like a coward. So yeah, whatever that tells us about their society. They're also cowards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, guy. You like hiding, too? Oh, we have such a good way to hide. Let us show you the way to hide. Why is it you feel so safe? The angel birds begin to make musical sounds more beautiful than anything you've ever heard. Is it this music that causes your good feelings or something more? These creatures seem to communicate not in <laughs> words or even ideas. But in feelings. I love this book. I love this book. I love how it's telling me so much about my internal. Like, I actually do. It made me sarcastic. Like, I love that it's like, it's got me dropped into this like mystical mode of thinking. Without thinking more about it, you leap up. And because there's very little gravity, you almost float onto the creature's feathery back. You nestle in. It feels like a bed of goose goose down, soft and silky. Oh, yeah, dude. Fuck that bird. The angel bird. Glides through the canyons and corridors beneath the earth. Fuck yes. It increases its speed and you hold tight as it swoops through long, curving passageways. Then, ahead of you is a tunnel that flares out into a broad new world. An endless landscape stretches before you. It is bathed in soft reddish light, as if the sun had just set everywhere around you. Strangely, there's no horizon. Instead, the landscape fades into dusky reds and browns that curve over your head, forming a sky that is almost the same color as the ground. Directly above you is something that looks like the sun but it is absolutely black. If you set out to explore the underground kingdom, turn to page 19. If you concentrate <laughs> on getting safely back home, turn to page 22. We already did this joke, guys. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, no, this time we're all in on adventure. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. Super adventure. It sounds very beautiful. The illustration on the next page look kind of like one of those like uh, circular maze things. You know what I'm talking about? Like we maybe try to get the little metal ball into the center of the maze. Yeah, to the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, alternatively, I'd like to suggest a uh, different angle goatsy. <laughs> Huh. Thank you. That's for a that. deep cut. That's a deep, deep cut. cut. Welcome it? back to 2002. Yeah, when goats yeah, kids don't know what goats say is anymore. They They're just watching videos of people dying on the internet. <laughs> Wait, th- does that mean though that you can now, like, once again, like, send people goatsy links and they just won't know not I to? I bet it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. History comes in cycles, and goatsy's back on top. So tell all your friends. Shout it from the mountaintops. Goatsy's back. Honestly, in 20. 20- 18, I feel like Goatse is one of the tamer things on the internet, you know? Did you say Goatse as though it was a mashup between Goatse and Goatier of uh, someone that I used to know now fame? Now somebody that I used to know somebody <laughs> All right, yeah. we're moving on to the story now. <clears throat> now Should discovered- not stretch my calling out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and delete your butthole. Uh, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mark, you, please read to us. <clears throat> you know how you feel. Oh, Get sorry, us away I, from this butthole, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Ian and I are never adventure buddies. <laughs> We're so bad at adventure. But we love buttholes. <laughs> we don't love buttholes. We recognize buttholes as a source of supreme comedy. <laughs> you know how you feel. The rest you, don't. You, f- you fucking prick. You know how you feel. Don't fucking tell me how you, you know how you feel. Don't listen to this podcast and pretend you don't yeah. love buttholes. We're going to cut so much of this. Chris, are you on page 19? Yeah. It starts with you know how you feel. No, I'm not on page 19. I'm bluffed. <laughs> All right, class, if you will turn to page 19, we will continue the story. You know how you feel. The risks don't matter. You want to explore the underground kingdom. The angel bird seems to understand. Yeah, he does. Your lust for exploration, yeah. (laughs) Steeply banking, it swoops down along the great river and glides gently onto a mossy plain. Nearby is a grove of tall trees. You slide to the ground, and at once the angel bird rises into the air. As it glides up into the dark red sky, you feel a wave of happiness. This is so druggy. You follow its path with your eyes long after it has disappeared. Then, turning to survey the strange landscape, you wonder where you will go. What dangers await you? Get off this danger trip, yo! It's Why a- did we slide to the ground? Yeah, the bird. Why was that out of choice? It was we. The bird was just the ferry, uh, F E R R Y, and it has taken us yeah. to our destination. Do you <sighs> think, like, let's say that we land? Could we make the bird just walk us around everywhere? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll uh, keep an eye out for that option. But anyway, page 40. (laughs) The scene around you reminds you of a photographic negative. All the shades and colors seem reversed. The ground is grayish pink clay with white outcroppings. Wherever you look, the land curves upward, as if you were standing on the bottom of an enormous bowl. Most amazing of all is the sight directly overhead. A disc almost the size of the sun, but instead of shining brightly, it is absolutely black. It's the black hole at the center of the earth. I'm only associating black sun with very spooky shit. I don't know if anybody's on board with that, but let's stay away from it, probably, is my, is my takeaway. I mean, I associate it with Black Hole Sun, Won't You Come, Wash Away the Rain. I think we just unlocked this book. Guys, this book is about drug use. I never would have guessed. When I was flying on a golden bird bathed in mysterious feelings of warmth and trust, I just assumed we were in an economic parable. Mark, will you keep reading to us this very good, very drippy fucking book? I would love to. You turn sharply at the sound of chattering. Coming up the ravine are more than a dozen creatures, smaller than you, yet walking upright on two legs. Half human, half ape. They are carrying ropes and nets. You could probably climb a nearby tree and hide among the clusters of giant leaves, but is it wise to run like a frightened animal? If you decide to face the creatures, turn to page 42. If you decide to hide in a cluster leaf tree, turn to page 46. I think we have been brave once, and that was cool. It earned us a bird. It earned us a bird. It so. earned us a bird. But these dudes are rolling up with nets and rocks, correct? Yeah. I think the word was ropes. It might have been ropes, I think. Nets and ropes. Uh, yeah. Why not just hide for a little bit, kind of see what they're up to, and then, you know, reevaluate the situation? That's my thought. That's my thought. Yeah. Here's my. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, we went from, like, flying golden bird at Black Hole Sun to, like, you know, neanderthal guys i feel like we hide in this tree and wait for a more interesting thing to come along yeah definitely like yeah i agree with that mark that's a beautiful assessment that bird is fucking angelic i think was the adjective yes these guys kind of suck these are the uh 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 fuck dude now the only word i can think is mordred what are these things from the time machine morlocks Morlocks. fuck that's it yeah (laughs) hg wells i'm so sorry hg wells is ghost who's listening to this show i'm so sorry i fucked it up i made that joke 
an hour ago when I looked at this cover. Fuck. Well, I will not be continuing to listen to this podcast from heaven. All right, are we hiding in this tree? Yeah. Yeah. All right, page 46. So, Chris, that was 46. That's the page you want Thank to Thank you. Chris, it's page 46. Yeah, no, I'm already there, dudes. I'm already, I'm ready for words that we're all reading together. You hide in the cluster leaf tree. The strange creatures pass by, except for one straggler who stops to stretch. Fuck. For a moment, he looks right at you. Kotazerk, he cries, and then turns and runs after the others. Perhaps you uh. needn't have been so cautious. The creature looked more like a frightened animal than a fierce hunter. As you climb down from the tree, you hear a low moaning coming from the brush. A pair of bright blue lights is shining from within the darkness. Beneath them are long, glistening fangs. Slowly, the creatures close in on you. Their moans rise into high-peached shrieks. What are they? You have only a few seconds to live, so it hardly matters. The end. What the fuck kind of ending is God that? Damn. Okay, so look, guys, the takeaway here is courage is the highest virtue. So let's fucking, let's fucking, uh... Flip back. What? Oh, I can't remember what page we were. Yeah. So, That's... so the other option is to go to page forty-two. So we'll do that where we uh, confront the more gross. Yeah, because like they already seem like kind of they're scared of us, and we could maybe be their king, also the birds' king. We're gonna be two kings, you guys. I really love the spirit of imperialism you bring to this fantastic. Yeah. Why world. can't we just like let them have their own society? Uh, if you can't, if you can't kill it, then eat it. If you can't eat it, then rule it. That's metal. I live my life. I'm very drunk, Mark. I would I'm love very... if you were just fully present with us Psst, right now. Mark, I'm very drunk. I'm very drunk. Okay. You step forward to meet the strange procession. Hello, you begin, but the creatures raise their nets and close in on you. <laughs> One of them barks in order. They motion for you to follow them. You don't have much choice. Despite their small size, they move rapidly through the thick woods. Soon you reach a village of igloo-shaped structures that look as if they're made of green clay. One of your captors leads you to the nearest one. Eat back on, he says, as he takes you inside. Fucking Ewoks all over again, man. They're going to try and fucking eat us. The interior of the Agon, as it seems to be called. Wait, how do we know that? Because they keep shouting, Agon, we're in the Agon now. Oh, okay. I forgot what the story was <laughs> about. The interior of the Agon, as it seems to be called, is lit by glowing stones circling the inner wall. The floor is soft and spongy like a thick bed of moss. The leader steps Ew. forward. Ket, he says, pointing himself. Ket Raka. Pointing to the others, he says, Akeem Raka. Tor Raka. You repeat each name, then point it to yourself. Tell them your name. The Rakas laugh as they try to pronounce the strange sound. Tor, who seems younger than the others, brings you something that looks like cheese, but tastes like honey. What? <laughs> so what is this weird thing? Tor, tell me about this weird thing. It's like a strawberry, but it's blue. Ket gives you a small pink fruit. Eep Tanga, he says, smiling. Tonga is delicious, and you are eating a second one when a large blue-furred Raka rushes into the Agon. <laughs> fucking vocab is oh killing boy. me. Uh, pointing at you, he speaks excitedly in his own tongue. Tor begins to argue with him. The others join in. Narmkala, the blue-furred Raka says loudly. It's clear he wants you to come with him. It seems like he represents the chief or leader. Ket and Akim gesture, as if you should obey. But Tor shakes his well, head, warning you not to go. Tor is the other youth? And we aren't about to listen to adults when we escaped the tyranny of yeah, the yeah, service yeah. world, right? True. Parents, Parents just, just, just don't understand. understand. They, yes. don't. they don't understand. That is the overarching virtue of all of these books, right? Oh, wait. Was it yeah. the other way around? Where it was like, so let's do the adult safe answer. Which one is that, though? Uh, I guess it's follow the blue furred Raka, but I'm going to say I don't feel great about it. I don't it. Want to follow anybody. We're enjoying some. We're enjoying. Hold on. What are we enjoying? Wait a minute. We're enjoying Tonga. Tonga. It's delicious. Yeah. Another Tonga. 
uh, yeah, let's hang out with Tor and smoke some Tonga or eat some Tonga or whatever people do with Tonga. Okay. That's my thought. So we're page refusing 50. we're refusing to go along with him. We're turning to page 50, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, fuck okay. him. Okay, fuck him. Page 50. You shake your head and stand your ground. The blue-furred Raka glares at you and strides from the Yagan. A Raka tries to rope you, but you duck out of reach. They draw closer. Like a football quarterback, you spin and dart past them. Kella! Zerk! The Rakas yell, but you're already out of the Agon, rushing across the dimly lit land. Suckers. Woo! Can't keep me in an Agon. Helped by the light gravity, you quickly reach a grove of cluster leaf trees, and you keep running on and on. Do not hide in those cluster leaf trees. There is a giant spider yeah, that lives in those cluster leaf you. trees. Yeah, fuck those trees! At last, you reach the open countryside. In the soft reddish-gray twilight, you see the great river just ahead. You stop to rest beside its waters. Please check your surroundings. Are you near any cluster leaf trees? Please move away from cluster leaf trees. Once you've caught your breath, you walk <laughs> along the riverbank and soon reach a crude wooden dock. Two rockas are guarding their hunting boat. Nearby is a smaller boat, one you could paddle yourself. You just might be able to untie it, push off, and get across the river before the guards catch you. If you try to take the small boat and make a break for the other side, turn to page 57. If you try to bluff the guards into thinking you have permission to use it, turn to page 58. Guys, I page always... Page 59, turn to page 59 if you pick up a heavy rock and just kill those fucking subhumans and take their fucking cool boat. Whoa, whoa, hey, Tor was fucking cool, man. No, I know, but these guys are assholes, man. Like, fuck them. Uh, so my thought is the idea of bluffing someone without knowing the language and while looking like straight up an alien is amazing. Also, you're like panting out of breath, clearly running from their people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yeah, let's yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. And you use, you use your language to try to convince them. I hope so. I really do. <laughs> you think fast. Luckily, you remember the command that the blue-furred Raka gave. You walk up to the guards, smiling. You point in the direction you came from. Get the fuck out. Then to yourself, and then to one of the boats. Nar Mgakala, you say with authority. The guards mutter. Wow. Then to your surprise, they smile. One of them unties a boat and motions for you to board it. They must think you're a privileged guest of the High Raka. Because you know three of their words. Yeah, you must <laughs> be part of our culture. As the current takes you around the bend, you notice Archpod settlements... On the opposite shore, what are arch pods? Oh boy, I think they might have forgotten that we didn't learn what those are. Soon you spot a good landing place. As you get closer, you notice a band of arch pods standing on the shore. Like the first rock as you met, they are armed with ropes and nets. More. They don't look very friendly. You could be in for more trouble than you had with the rockas. If you continue into shore, 66. If you start back across the river, 65. What a boring couple of choices. It's we just- gotta go back across the river. Fuck. Yeah, fuck those guys. I mean, do you guys like kayaking? Because I, I enjoy kayaking. I think it's a fun way to spend some time. So we're going back across the river? Uh, I mean, like, what, to run away from those bad guys? Seems no, like you're, you're right. Courage is the highest calling, right? That's what we've learned. Oh, so we're confronting the bad guys. Yeah, originally I was like, let's run away, but that's panned out poorly that one time. So. Yeah, let's fight yeah, the yeah, bad yeah. guys, I guess. Let's do it, let's do it. All right, trying to act unafraid, you row straight into shore, hop out of the boat, and step forward to meet the archpods. Hello! I come as friend, you call out, but their only response is to take you prisoner and force you back to their village. I mean, it's fair, right? Like, Yeah, they don't speak our language. You soon find that the Archpods live in Agans, similar to those of the Rakas. Your captors, there's like a whole political battle here that I just don't care about. There uh, is really a lot of development that we're not getting. Your captors lead you into the largest one, the largest Agan, I guess, uh, where yeah. you expect to be presented to their chief instead. A woman calls your name. It's Dr. Vivaldi. Oh, we found her. The one from the beginning. I'm here to rescue you. 
That's a very good sign that we're on the correct plot course. Uh, we, met another, we met another human. Thank God. Thank human God. She hugs you warmly. I thought I'd never see another human face, she cries, tears streaming down her cheeks. One of the guards said something you cannot understand. Then the archpods march out of the Agon, leaving you along with your friend. I hate saying these words every time. <laughs> so the archpods literally were like, here's one weird looking person. Let's throw them in with the other weird looking person we've held on to for a year. Let's see what they do when they're together. Yeah. Dr. Vivaldi tells you how she barely survived her fall to the bottomless crevasse, capital B, capital C, how she lived for almost a year with the Rakas and finally swam across the Great River, capital G, capital R, to the land of the Archpods, capital A. You tell her of your descents to the underground kingdom and your adventures in Rakmara? Do we know the name what? of that place now? I mean, we made it up. Whatever, dude. We're writing okay. the book, so like Rakmara. She's like, oh, dope. I call it Rakmara, too. We must set upon a plan, she says. The Archpods have learned that Rockas are making bombs. They think <laughs> we may be Rocka spies. That is why you were treated so rudely. They've told me that their chief, the Grand Akpar, will soon decide whether to execute us. Turn what page 68. What have oh. we walked into? So much. I am going to talk to the Grand Akpar. Take my gold bracelet. If you give it to the guard, he will let you escape. I don't want to leave you here. I'll go to the Grand Akpar with you. Dr. Rivaldi replies, think carefully before you make such a decision. All right. If you decide to face the Grand Akpar with Dr. Vivaldi, page 70. If you decide to escape while you have a chance, page 100. Right, I want to look at that language. Chris, if you decide to escape while you still have a chance, turn to page 100. <laughs> so I imagine the only time we can successfully escape is <laughs> literally right now. Well, so the other interpretation is that the editors are not all that keenly focused on logical consistency. Yeah, it right. might be this was actually written by like three other, three writers. Maybe right. Edward Packer just kind of cranked this bad boy out in a weekend, a little bit drunk, and his yeah. kids were like, Dad, please talk to us. And he was just bamming on the typewriter. Sorry, I like, have to write this chapter about the Grand Akpar in Rack Pelototh. Or whatever the He's fuck. like, oh, we gotta have him catch my Archpods. I, I explained Archpods, right? Oh, probably. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Pete, right? Pete, Pete, look at my manuscript. Did I explain Archpods? Dad, yeah, no. no. Yeah, Ed, you explained Archpods. Get the fuck out of my office, please. You've sh you've shit in here for the last time. <laughs> uh, do we courageously, I would say, uh, accompany Dr. Vivaldi to the Grand Akbar, or do we cowardly uh, let her die while we exchange her bracelet for free passage? I like the idea, Mark, since you put it in those terms. <laughs> uh-huh. I do, Very strong terms. I like the idea of courage. I feel like courage seems to be on its way down and out, but let's be <laughs> courageous. Let's do this. We're, we'll right. face the Grand Akbar. I'll face uh, the Grand Akbar. I'll face the Grand Akbar with you. That's a brave choice, says Dr. Vivaldi. As she speaks, three archpod guards walk into the Aegon. They motion for you to follow them, but when Dr. Vivaldi tries to join you, they block her way. Good luck, Dr. Vivaldi's voice fades as the guards march you out of the Aegon. A few minutes later, you're standing in the central Agon. Oh, man, the central Agon. Fuck, the Fuck. central. It's lowercase c, lowercase a, but I want you to hear it as though it was capital C, capital A. I think capital's all the way through. Yeah, yeah I assume every word has been all caps. <laughs> Facing you is the Grand Akbar. His long, silky fur is combed like an oval frame around his stern gray face. A pendant made of smooth black stones oh, hangs bones. from his neck. He studies you a moment and says... We have learned from Dr. Vivaldi that you come from the netherworld. 
the world of warfare. You can prove that you are not a rocket spy by telling us how we can defeat them. What will you do? Do not expect this level of, uh, oof, what's a good word that doesn't seem racist? Accus- accusatory, like, fucking bullshit? I come from the world of war? What did you just say? Motherfucker, tell it to me in the face again, I'll punch you. All right, guys. Play along or refuse. Basically, tell him know. how to make war or don't. I have a bunch of good uh, ways to make war on the Raka. So, and they did scare us away with their gesticulations. I think we should foment a war between these two tribes of like-minded people. Uh, I'm fine with that. Also, I will point out, I feel like that almost certainly ends the book with a loss. It's got to. Nuclear loss. It ends the book with a nuclear loss. Yeah, we tell them the secrets of nuclear war, and then yeah. the inside of the world blows up. Yeah, uh, team war, let's do this. Do All I right, just, just split that at them, yo. And then they fucking ruin each other. You try, to think, you try to think fast. You don't want to be responsible for killing the Rakas, but you have to sound helpful. Land your fleet during the sleeping tide, you say. Uh, that way you'll surprise them. Thank you, the Grand Akbar smiles. But if your advice fails, you will be taken to the Mouth of Fire, capital M, capital, capital M, F. Capital F. What the fuck is the Mouth <laughs> of Fire? The Grand Akbar motions to his guards. They lead you back to Dr. It's Vivaldi. It's a volcano, you guys. I figured it out. It's got to be a volcano. An in-the-earth volcano? All right. Can't get distracted. You and Dr. Vivaldi wait anxiously, wishing that you could do something to prevent the war. One day, the Grand Akbar comes to your Akan. Our boats are ready, he says. We invade Rakamara. We have now. our own Agon? Like, when did that happen? When did we become royalty? You know what I mean? Like, who has their own Agon? I think we're like royalty prisoners, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sleeping tide, you lie on your bed, dreaming of home. An explosion startles you. The war has begun. The Rakas yeah! must have had their bombs ready. You wait anxiously for news of what's happened. Finally, it comes in the form of Archpod guards carrying ropes and nets. That's not really news. It doesn't seem like good news for us. No, it's probably hanging news. We're in trouble. You betrayed us, said the head guard. The rockets threw bombs into our boats. He turns to the others behind him. Bind them and take them to the mouth of fire, capital M, capital F. You cry out for mercy, but you know there will be none. The end. Okay, I want to express no surprise yeah. at, the end, at the end of this. Like, we fucked up getting involved in sort of internal warfare anyways, you know? We definitely got what we bargained you for. You probably can't write a book for children where convincing people to do a war ends well, right? Like, that's not a lesson you want to impart. Especially in the Cold War era, No, right? yeah, this is 83. Do you guys remember 40 pages ago when we were soaring, freeze the wind on the it back of so one of those cool angel nicer. birds? Should never so have left beautiful. the bird. We should have chosen every option that just led us towards more exploration. Beauty, freedom, you guys, I also want to just state for the record that I cheated and did look at the uh, other outcomes. And if we had n- just refused to do a war, it turns out they make peace immediately. <laughs> Whoops. And then we win or? No, and then the rest of the book happens. Uh, uh, we don't talk about that shit. Yeah. yeah, this book, like. This is a good book. This is a it's great a good, book. This is a great. This is so fucking trippy for the beginning that yeah. I'm super bought into this book. Uh, yeah. I've I, I wanted to read this book just looking at the art of the Black Sun since like the beginning. I wanted this to be book number one, but I'm yeah. glad we waited uh, until we knew what we were doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is a classic. Um, so like the takeaways here are pretty obvious. Let's say 
Don't start a war? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, w- I would say, like, be courageous in for the cause of peace. Yeah. yeah. That's a very noble cause. Bear in mind that even the most beautiful places have that center of darkness as, you know, embodied by the black mm. sun. Mm. Yeah, and sort of, like, actualized by all those bombs. Do not fuck with giant spiders. Yeah, super don't fuck with giant spiders. What the fuck was that thing? Is there a whole opportunity for us to explore what that was? No, because it we, was very scary. We, we saw a lot of eyes, and then we gave up on life. That is what happened. Yeah. Capital V, capital S, very scary. All right, that's going to do it for Booze Your Own Adventure this week. Uh, until next time, always choose responsibly. I should have bought that when I had the chance, uh, the mall adventure number seven. Are you Classic. sure we don't want to read uh, Supreme Court Justice Confirmation Adventure starring <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh? Good, good, good. Now, Mark, please give us the one that we'll actually use. Journey to the bottom of the bottle, the bar crawl adventure. Uh, Jesus. That's actually pretty good. We're so drunk on a Wednesday, y'all.